So the Bible talks about these spirits that are floating in heaven and playing their harps. What does the Bible say, especially in the book of Hebrews? We'll find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and I have at the, the Inverse table here my friends Israel and Jonathan and Siku. I want to say hello to them. Hi. Hi. I want to also acknowledge you out there and want to say welcome to Inverse, where we talk about the Bible, and we're in the verse. We are looking at the topic of beyond death, and for about 10 weeks, 9 weeks, 11 weeks now, uh, whatever amount of weeks that we've been in, uh, about talking about the state of the dead. What happens to you when you die? I want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org. You can download the Bible study guide there and follow along with us. And you want to also go to hopetv.org slash inverse and watch the back episodes on this topic. Especially watch episodes one, two, and three where we talk about exactly what the Bible says about what, what happens to you when you die. We've been looking at different verses, guys, yeah? And some verses difficult, some verses not so difficult. We have some nice narratives to talk about death, talk about resurrection. And now we're in Hebrews 12. We've been anticipating this chapter, and it seems like Paul, or whoever is the author, we think it's Paul. A lot of evidence does point to Paul. Uh, you can also look at the entire quarter that we've done on Hebrews uh, on inverse. But he points to this particular passage, and it's a little bit confusing. And this is one of those passages where you cannot put this, this one verse on, on your glasses and view the whole entire Bible, but you put it on the side and take the rest of the Bible and, and view it on. So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, but Jonathan, if you can pray for us before we read Holy Scripture. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we can study your word again. And thank you that the Bible isn't always easy, that we get to really use our brain and much prayer to try to understand it. I pray, Lord, that you will give us that right now, that experience of your Holy Spirit illuminating our minds uh, and everyone watching as well, that we will grow in our understanding of your word and uh, see the beauty of it. Thank you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 24. And Siku, if you can read those for us. Sure thing. It reads, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them any more, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned and shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. All right, thank you, thank you. So Israel, maybe someone's watching Inverse for the first time and they're like, man, I do want to know what happens to, to me when I die. What's the quick three-second answer? There is no quick three-second answer. There is no quick three-second answer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things, I think what, what we've discovered through the study of Scripture is that when a person dies, 
the, what we know about that is that the dead know not anything. We're buried into the grave, and there the body begins to decompose. There isn't, there isn't a separation where you So it's these, not upstairs or downstairs yeah. kind of migration of souls. Right. They're just in, yeah. the, in the ground. Or in the grave, yeah. And the, the, the dead know not anything. The grave is mm -hmm. like a place of silence. It's a place of darkness. The Bible describes it as a place of a prison to which Jesus holds the key. Mm -hmm. And when he comes again for the second time, uh, we call it the second coming of Christ, then the dead are resurrected, some to everlasting life, and then the Bible says also some to death. Yeah, awesome, awesome. More than three seconds, but we'll still take the answer. Uh, and then last, ep last episode, we talked about the second coming of Jesus, first resurrection, third coming of Jesus, second resurrection, and hopefully we'll all be part of the first resurrection. That's mm. the good one. And if you're looking up and it's the third resurrection, um, anyway, read your Bible. That's the help you. Um, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, and let's take this, this um, passage uh, in, in, into context. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, We'll get to the apex. We're not going to read all of 11, but 11, if you can just skim through it, is the, is the chapter of faith, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see all the people there. Yeah, in verse... Uh, Four, five, and uh, Abel, Enoch, Enoch, and seven, Noah. Noah, eight, Abraham. All those, all those people. They're uh, uh, men, men and women, named and unnamed. And then the climax of that is in verse thirty-nine. Jonathan, can you read verse thirty-nine yeah. for us? And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Mm -hmm. And uh, forty. Sorry. God, having <laughs> provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Yeah. Siku, share with us a little bit what you know about Hebrews. We talked about the theme of, of better, mm -hmm. uh, and we see that coming here. Can you, can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, the, the whole book of Hebrews, um, you know, the, the author is speaking to Hebrew people mm -hmm. who have, you know, they have the oracles of God, so to speak. You know, they have this rich cultural heritage of, of a knowledge of who God is, um, a system, an economic system that was built around an understanding of God. And um, Paul comes in and he says, well, there's something better. Let me show you something better. So all throughout Hebrews, he's saying what is better is Jesus. Jesus is better than angels. Jesus is better than the high priesthood that you have. Jesus is better. His sacrifice is better. Um, he's pre like everything about Jesus is better, 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 better. Mm -hmm. And so we there's this recurrence of this uh, theme of better. He brings us a new covenant that is a better covenant, mm -hmm. and that's about where we are when we get to this mm -hmm. part of the book. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if I could just defend the yeah, Hebrews yeah, yeah. for a moment, yeah. uh, you know, because like <laughs> we, we like to, to blast them often and be like, oh, well, you know, they're not getting it or whatever. But like the system that was in place, this cultural and so on, what you mentioned, that was given by God, right? Uh, but what, what they had missed was to understand, or maybe it was lost over time, a deeper understood the, the deeper realities behind these systems, what they were pointing to, which is the Messiah and his ministry. Mm -hmm. And so over, you know, the time of 1500 years, the Israelites kind of yeah, lost their way, way in a little bit there. And so Paul is now trying to, to connect the dots saying, hey, this was this was great system. It was a, it was an illustration of better realities. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to help them see that, mm -hmm. uh, which is really cool. And, and that's that's where Paul is so significant to us because he, he, he connects the dots for us in a very illuminating way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a little confusing, but this is why we study the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and this, is, um, this is what he does here in the book of Hebrews yeah. for us. Yeah, I, I would maybe push back just a little and provide a little bit of friction so there's a little bit of dramatic, sure. dramatic, uh, <laughs> like, whoa, there's fighting going on and a fist has been thrown. Yeah. Totally agree with you that there was a slow um, 
decline an yeah. understanding. But Paul's point is, even though there's a slow decline, there were punctiliar individuals throughout it all yes. who did get it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he mentions the Noah, even though all the people around him didn't get it. But then there was the, yeah. the Abraham and da 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 da. And then towards the end, he mentions like there is Barak and Samson and Jephthah in verse 50, uh, 32. Uh, there's all these individuals, but as a, mm. as a overall, overall whole, it, you, they are descending into yes. to, to ignorance there. And then, so these, all these people who had, what they had in common was, even though God gave us these things, they could see beyond that through mm -hmm. faith. They saw some, a, a greater heavenly reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Israel? Yeah. I think it's also important for us to note the fact that the book of Hebrews is actually a sermon that was written. Mm -hmm. It was a sermon that was delivered. And if you go back to our study on Hebrews, it'll, it'll explain that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so... I, I do believe that Paul is the author of Hebrews as he's preaching to the church. He's preaching to a, a Hebrew church that is also a Christian church, mm -hmm. right? They've accepted Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he's essentially emphasizing the power and the beauty of who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And in that, he gives uh, admonition. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's, he's giving admonition. He's also giving theological training, uh, theological exposition. And so you have this theological principle uh, four theological principles that are given throughout the letter and then admonition as how we are to respond. Now he's getting ready to close his sermon. And so this is now towards the end of the sermon. He's trying to encourage the people to remain faithful. Mm -hmm. uh, faithful because over time what happens to the Christian experience in the Christian experience is that when you're constantly being um, persecuted like this church is, when you're constantly being um, uh, bombarded with difficulty and challenges like this church is, it's suffered loss persecution, poverty. We tend to fight so hard that we're beginning to drift away. Mm. And so Paul's trying to say, don't drift away. Now is not the time to drift. Focus. Look mm. at all these people who had it hard and, and who struggled and, and, and went through life. And then he says, these are all an example for us to look at because they point us to Jesus Christ himself. And so now we get into uh, chapter 12 where he mm -hmm. says, surrounded by so great a, a cloud of witnesses, let us focus not on the witnesses, but let's yeah. focus on well, let's Jesus. read that. This is, this is definitely the apex that, that, that Israel is pointing to. Chapter 12, verse 1. And Israel, can you read that for us? Sure. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is the apex, yeah? And, mm -hmm. and what's, what's being stressed in that, in that climactic uh, verse there? Yeah, to look to Christ. Mm -hmm. Christ is the author. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's everything in between. Yeah. And this is actually complementary to what the whole theme of, script, of, of Hebrews is, right? Jesus is better. Jesus is in the beginning. Jesus is at the end. Jesus is everything yeah. in between. He's better than the sanctuary. He's better than Moses. He's better than Abraham. He's better than everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so look to Jesus. There's a word there in verse uh, 1. It says, let us run with endurance the race. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not a, a race guy. I know some of you guys are. But that word endurance is found again, endure the cross. In verse 3, for consider him who endured, right? In verse 7, if you endure chastenings, yeah? So despite all this, you know, bad shit, bad, bad shit, the badness and the hardship is what it was, mm -hmm. the hardship and persecution, endure through it and have Jesus be your your example in that, mm -hmm. okay? So we're just setting up the, the context here, right? Yeah, and, and, and you know, with he says he's referring to this cloud of witnesses, these individuals he mentions in chapter 11. Yes. He's saying, listen, these guys, they, they got it. They, they got it by faith. It. Jesus, they, they didn't see Jesus, mm. right? 
but now Jesus has come. You have witnessed him. Mm. Uh, you know, don't don't fall back. Don't fall away. Now, now is the time to mm -hmm. to fully uh, connect and fully surrender, fully living and enduring, mm -hmm. uh, just like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And because Jesus has now um, unlocked the the, the better promises, the, the better reality that that had been you know stored away by not stored away, but it was like only available by faith, by faith, by faith, this whole time, you know, looking forward. Now it's here. Have faith. It's here, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the reality. And now, you know, we're going to look at the passage of the day. Uh, he's describing a reality that is now available because of what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And so he's encouraging the believers. Think, tap into it. Don't, don't, don't look back. Look forward. Look unto Jesus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and for, for verses 3 to 11, he does talk about yeah, uh, chase uh, enduring through the chastening yes. a bit. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. some discipline. Uh, let's see. Let's let's actually read it. Yeah, mm -hmm. verse um, seven. For if you endure chastening, God deals with you as sons. For what for what son is there with a father whom a father does not chasten? For if you without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, we have a, a human. We have had human fathers who corrected us, and we pay them respect. Shall we not more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed, for a few days, chastens us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Mm. When we come back from after the, the break, we're going to talk about does God allow this uh, discipline and chastening and, and suffering? And what is the end goal of this? Stay with us. We'll find out. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're in Hebrews chapter 12, and we're looking at, looking at this apex of all these wonderful heroes of faith in chapter 11. And we're coming to a climax, and Jesus is the climax, and He helps us to get through the suffering. But the question is, in Hebrews 12, does God, does God allow suffering? God, what, what, he talks, there's a little bit of an excursus, a parenthetical kind of, uh, uh, what is this called? Um, detour. Detour that He takes. Okay. Um, about, about chastening and that God allows this discipline to happen for our holiness. And, mm -hmm. and let's, let's talk about that for a little yeah. while before we get back on yeah. the, the race again. Right. Siku and then Jonathan and then, and then and Israel. Um, for verse 11 says yes. in chapter 12, mm -hmm. no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, Paul recognizes the reality that it's not fun. Mm -hmm. Discipl ex experiencing discipline or even discipline yourself, like mm. discipline is not a fun thing to do, mm. like, but painful. Mm. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by okay, it. Okay. That it is necessary for us to go through painful experiences. It is necessary for us to experience um, discomfort yes. because of what it produces in us. Yes. And um, this, in my mind, takes me back to Genesis chapter 3. Okay. After sin came into the world and God said to, to Adam that cursed is the ground for your sake. Mm -hmm. That for your sake, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have um, to endure hardness, but it's for your sake, mm. you know. So, so the, the trials and the challenges are actually a blessing from God for the purpose of developing in us something that could not be developed mm -hmm. as a result of sin existing in the world. We have to go through 
painful experiences in order for us to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen, amen. As long as we keep our eyes on Jesus. Focused on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And we have to understand that not all painful experiences are from God, yeah. okay? okay. So he allows okay. certain things. When we're living surrendered to Him, we can trust that what happens to us, God has a plan. Yes. It reminds me of, you know, I'm a musician and so, uh, I have a, a piano at home and, uh, you know, twice or three times a year or so, depending on, you know, the, the humidity and the heat levels and so on that are going on, uh, the piano gets kind of out of tune, right? And all the, the piano strings, um, because they're metal, uh, you know, they stretch and they contract uh, depending on the temperature. Mm -hmm. And so when, we, when you have someone come in to tune, uh, you know, he has to twist the knobs and so on to, to sometimes stretch or contract those, those strings in order to get them back in tune in the right frequency uh, so that, that you can play a beautiful melody. And in a way, uh, and that can, you know, if, if I would, you know, personify this string, you know, stretching and contracting like the, the metal, that, that's a lot of force going the on here. must have stretched you out a lot, well, yeah. lot more than the rest yeah, of the Yeah, but like... <laughs> 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 the end purpose of this is, is, is so, so that a beautiful melody can be played. So yeah. there is pain in the process, but it's worth it because in the end you, you will have your place as you know the A string or G string or whatever you are, and, and the melody of love will be played in your life. So yeah. it's just a, it, it's something that we can embrace as we look to Jesus, yeah. knowing that in the end there will be something beautiful as yeah. a result. Oh, it's a beautiful illustration. Yeah, and, and we're all all people at different levels and different stretches, and yes. all <laughs> to create a good, beautiful melody. Some yeah. stretched a lot, like you, and some yes. not so much, like Siku, <laughs> who are just you know, <laughs> but beautiful equally, nonetheless. Yeah. All right, so I just wanted to yeah uh, Israel, and more than more than just. You know, because I, I, I'm not disagreeing with Jonathan saying I, I, I I'm not. I'll disagree with Jonathan today. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's, that's not. All right. Yeah, because there, there you know, the, the concept of the concept of beauty. You know, there are certain things that that happen in life that add flavor to life, right? Like in marriage, for example. I don't know if it's the same with, with you all, but after being married for such a long time. Now, because of the hardship of marriage, bec not the hardship of marriage itself, but the challenges that have gone through life, you know, you get beaten up by finances, by, you mm -hmm. know, the stresses of life, children and whatever. Now, uh, there are moments when I just, I've learned to appreciate just the normal moments, right? right. Mm -hmm. the, the regular mundane times, just sitting together, having a conversation, eating a meal together. These, these moments have become beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. And as much as God creates beautiful lives, and beautiful experiences for us. What it's talking about here is specifically the, the, the transformation of character from something that is not righteous to something that is holy, yeah. something that is righteous. And it says, now no chastening, in verse 11, uh, 12, 11, it says, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness mm. to those who have been trained by it. And so what Paul is saying here is, mm. as much as some difficulties are able to make us stronger, some difficulties are able to make life more beautiful, but the challenges that God gives us are also designed to make it all of these things, but in addition to that, something that is also righteous mm. and holy, make us mm. more like Him. Amen. Yeah, and so I think that is the greatest, the, the greatest beauty of all things is that similitude of the divine character of God Himself. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Paul's using a lot of uh, race imagery here, yeah. I mean, so we're talking about training, and he's talking about uh, uh, endurance here, and uh, Siku and, and, and Israel, you guys are the runners. Jonathan, you, you don't run, do you? Uh, he runs, Jonathan runs. He plays the piano at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's, there's this going, and so there's, a, there's an end goal that we're getting to, keep your eyes on Jesus, mm -hmm. right? And while you're running this, in verse 12, we're going to continue, 12, 12, therefore strengthen the hands which hang down, the feeble knees, and make straight the path for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed, pursue peace with all people, and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. And then he goes into to Esau there. So he's like, while you're training, while you're going, while you're enduring through, through this chastening and through endurance, hey, be nice to everyone, make sure that the fruit of righteousness uh, is, is, is being spread to everyone around there. Um, and then, uh, you know, he says, uh, uh, what, what is it? Like um, don't be like Esau, where the root of bitterness can mm -hmm. get can set in. Yeah? Mm -hmm. With all the suffering around you, sometimes you, it, it does happen it to can. us, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah? And he does um, talk about Esau there, even though Esau was diligent, he was bitterly diligent. Mm -hmm. yeah? Anyway, so that's all kind of context. Yeah. And now we've come to, well, he says in verse 18, for you have not come, in verse 18, you have not come. So what is Paul saying there? We have not come. And you compare that to verse 22, you have come to Mount Zion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is this so, apex? So in, in, if, you, if you're following the line of, of, of logic that he's making throughout the entire book of Hebrews and you flip all the way back to chapter 3, you're going to realize that there he's comparing the experience of the Christian world now with the experience of Israel crossing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, from, from Egypt into Canaan. Mm -hmm. And now he's beginning to reference that experience again. Mm -hmm. He says, your experience, remember, is not like the experience of the Israelites in, of old, mm -hmm. where, they were, where they were climbing up to this mountain that was scary to them, the, referencing the time when Jesus, when God came down and spoke to Moses. Mm -hmm. He says, you're not coming to that experience, mm -hmm. but you're coming to a different, you're coming to not a, a worldly experience, but to the heavenly Jerusalem, as I think what he calls it. Mm -hmm. um, in, yeah, in, 22. Yeah, in, 20, in 22, it says, you have come to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem with an innumerable company. And so mm -hmm. he's, he's contrasting and comparing the experience that we have now going towards heaven versus the experience that the Israelites had crossing from Egypt into, uh, into yeah, Canaan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just in my mind, it's, it's almost as if, hey, we're in this race. Hey, be encouraged. All these guys were, were looking forward to this point on. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't get bitter like you saw. And then like, hey, the final goal, the final, um, the, the finish line, right? Finish line is this Mount Zion to the city of the living God, verse 22, heavenly Jerusalem. And then he talks about all these angels and all these people. And just imagine that the finish line, it's all these, you know, the heavenly, you know, the, the they're all around, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not like we've done all this and at the end, we're back to Mount, Zion, Mount, to Mount Sinai again, mm -hmm. we're back to the law. That's not the end, but there's a, there's a larger picture in this, yes. yeah? Uh, a few things to point yes, out, because okay. the, the, the problem text here is in verse 23, yes. where it's talking about um, the, the latter part of it. It says, we're coming to the spirits of just men yes. made perfect. That's yes, where, mm -hmm. oh, you know, people use that. I think what's important, and, and people use that, this idea, this concept of spirits as the separation between the, the body and, you know, this uh, floating uh, yep. essence, right? Yes. But what's important to note here is that in the book of Hebrews, 
the, the, this word spirits is going to be used three different times. It's used once here. It's used just a little bit before. I think we, we read it earlier in verse 9. It talks about the father of spirits. Mm -hmm. And then it's used in Hebrews, I think, chapter 1, verse 7, where it talks about angels as being ministering spirits. Mm -hmm. You're making me laugh. And so, <laughs> uh, and so in, in, each of these three, in each of these three instances, spirits is referred to people or it's referred to angels. Mm -hmm. and, and it makes the most sense in verse 9. It says, the father of spirits and live, right? It's talking about people here. And it's talking about how Christ or how God sometimes corrects us as a father corrects his child. Mm. And when it's when, in referencing children here, he's, re he's referencing real human beings. Mm -hmm. He's referencing people, right? And so the point I guess that I'm trying to make here is that never in this whole sermon or in this whole epistle does Paul indicate that spirits do not are not a full a full person. And so with that in mind, I think it's helpful because with that in mind, it helps us kind of understand and bring light to the fact that we can eliminate safely from the equation the fact that this is talking about some the essence of a person instead of the whole person itself. Mm -hmm. Just um, on that, like just, just generally speaking, yes. you know, we, we talked about the principle of when we're studying the Bible, something seems out of place. Mm -hmm. The lens that we look at it is from the lens of all of scripture, mm -hmm. not just from, oh, well then this proves that, you know, whatever pre, you know, preconceived notion that we had. Mm -hmm. um, and in all of scripture, spirit is never, spirit does not refer to as just, a disembodied, uh, floating. And, uh, yeah, so it would, be, it would be out of harmony with all of scripture um, for that to be how we interpret that. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's just, just right off the bat, it's like yeah. that, that cannot be what it means, mm -hmm. you know. You, you know, in, in, in Scripture, we find often this concept uh, of already but not yet. Yes. Uh, you know, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God is here, but it's not really here. It's just, you know, in those who believe and there will be a future materialized kingdom of God, right? Mm -hmm. There's other instances in the Bible where you take, see that as well. And so in, in theology, this concept of already but not yet is uh, this is a future reality by faith it is already now because from God's perspective, all these things are clearly going to take place. This is why the Bible says uh, in Revelation that the, the, you know, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the earth. Jesus wasn't crucified in the foundation of the earth. Mm -hmm. He was crucified, you know, 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. But from God's perspective, all these, he knows these things are going to take place. And so he can operate uh, based on those things. This is why people in Old Testament could have a new covenant experience of, you know, all these people in Hebrews 11, right? And so Paul here is now culminating in his, in his epistle here. He's like, listen, we have a, real, a, a reality of a future reality where we will all literally, physically, all the saved and redeemed will be together as we studied mm -hmm. uh, before. Um, but now by faith, we are looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. And so he, he's taking a look at that in that way. And so he's not talking about, oh, the, the ghosts floating around. This, this is why it's so important that we look at the context and, and the, the deeper uh, themes in scripture to understand yeah. this. But it's really beautiful and yeah, yeah. I'm very hopeful. Like, I, you know, I want to be yeah. there. And, know, there's also, be there. and there's also a, a charge here that we cannot neglect in verse 25. It says, mm -hmm. with all this in mind, he's telling this for a purpose, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Mm -hmm. For if, if they did not es escape who refused him, who spoke on earth, speaking of Moses, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away who speaks from heaven? Mm. Right? So he's saying, look, Jesus is the better, right? And he speaks to us today. So don't refuse him now because think about the ramifications of what, of what, take, mm. of, of what that means. Amen. Siku, uh, quickly, one minute. Oh, uh, I was going to say that the experience that we are coming to is not th that Old Testament experience. Yes. Like we are coming to a better experience. That's what yes. you're saying. Like yes. the trajectory, the end goal 
is an experience that is better than what you, they had in the material. You know, so. It's profound stuff. Paul talks about these heavenly truths and he's taking the past, present, and future and just combining it together into a heavenly and earthly reality. That's why he talks about this here in this way. It does seem a little bit abstract, but this is what makes scripture profound. The, the just men of the past, their spirits, the spark of life in heaven, and then because of the blood of Jesus made perfect, we're gonna see them in the future. That's my prayer. I want to I wanna make sure I, I respond to the Lord the right way, and that's a prayer of my, my friends here. And hopefully it's the prayer for you guys out there. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is inverse.